get into the word. Um, let me ask you this right off the bat. Have, have you ever heard of the saying that all sunshine and no rain makes for a desert? Have you ever heard that saying before? Some of you that are my age and older, you probably have. For some of you younger people, you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Amen. So let me, let me put that in perspective for you. All sunshine and no rain makes for a desert. You guys remember a few weeks ago here in North Carolina, there was a, a big span there where there really wasn't a whole lot of rain. And so as a result, what happens? Your grass starts dying. Your flowers start dying. All of this stuff starts happening. And, and the ground starts splitting open and opening up. Why? Because it's dry. And then what happens in North Carolina? The storms come like rain and a whole lot of rain comes. And all of a sudden, it brings forth the grass. Your grass starts growing again. Come on, in Jesus' name. You got to cut it. So all of this starts happening. The point is, it takes a mixture to get a good balance. It takes the sunshine, it takes the rain, it takes the hot days, it takes the thunderstorms, it takes all of that to bring about life. Can I tell you something? It's the same thing with your life. The same thing with your life. There's, there's good times and there's bad times. There's mountaintop experiences and there's valley experiences. All of these things are a mixture of, of what, is, what is called life. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it says there's a time and a season for everything. Come on, how many of you remember that? Time and a season for everything. There's a time to laugh and a time to cry. You know, like when they stop McRibs at McDonald's. Come on, I mean, you know, that's a time to cry. Amen. But weeping only endures for the night because joy comes in the morning. They always bring it back. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, bring it back. Amen. So there's a mixture there. There's, there's the good times. There's the bad times. There's the mountaintops. But there's also the valleys. And so that's what I want to talk to you a little bit about today is going through the valleys of life. And so if you've been with us the past few weeks, we've been in this series called The Shepherd, and we've been looking at Psalms chapter 23, verses 1 through 6, and we're just kind of looking at phrase by phrase. And so I wanted to pull out another one for you today. Incidentally, we're ending our series on The Shepherd next week, and then on Father's Day. Come on, somebody, you've got to be here for Father's Day. You got to be here because we've got some man meat for Father's Day. Amen. If you're watching online, we'll send you some. Amen. But we got some man meat we're passing out to all of the guys on Father's Day, starting a new series then, too. So, Psalms chapter 23, let's look at it. And again, this is the NIV version today. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, stop right there. The Lord is my shepherd. So, so what does that mean? What is the job of a shepherd? We've been talking about this all throughout this series. The job of a shepherd is to guide, provide, correct, and protect. That's the job of a shepherd. Guide, provide, correct, and protect. So what does it take for me to make the Lord my shepherd? Because remember, we, we said the Lord can't be your shepherd until the shepherd is your Lord. There's a big difference there. And so what do I have to do to experience that, to receive the Lord as my shepherd? I have to be willing to resign as CEO of my life. i got to be willing to give him everything I've got. If you guys have been here the past few weeks, you remember the umbrella. We had it on stage. So that, that's, I have to be willing to come up under the covering of the shepherd. And when I do that, I receive him into my heart, my life. He becomes my shepherd. And as a result of that, so because he's my shepherd, watch what happens. I shall not be in want. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And here's what I want to camp out at today. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. What do they do? They comfort me. So, Father, thank you again for moments like this, for the privilege and opportunity to just come and be in your house and and hear what you want to speak into our hearts today. Help us to be receptive in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you made it today. Turn to your second choice, the one you didn't really want to talk to, and say, I'm glad you're here too, I guess. Amen. <laughs> I love Psalms 23 because in Psalms 23, David talks about the valley of the shadow of death. This valley of the shadow of death. And what you have to understand is that this is actually a real place. The valley of the shadow of death is a real place. It is a deep, deep canyon in Israel. No doubt David would have led the sheep through this area. This canyon is so deep that the only time the sun hits the bottom of the floor is when the sun is at its peak. So you can imagine there's a very short window where the sunshine literally hits the floor of this valley. And not only that, but there's, there was tombs in these valleys. So, so now you get a picture as David saying, hey, I'm in this valley, this dark canyon full of caves and crevices and, and shadows and all of this. And, and, and it's natural for him to think about a valley as he's walking through this. And so the Bible is really, really clear that there are all types of valleys in our own lives. There are the marital valleys, there's financial valleys, there's career valleys, there's emotional valleys, spiritual valleys, there's the valley of fear and discouragement and and all of these valleys. And so what I want to do today really is two things. The first thing I want to do is I want to give you kind of some basic truths about some valleys. There's some things that you need to know about the valleys in life because we're all going to go through them and and no matter what the valley is there's some things you need to understand about it but then I want to talk to you about what do you do so okay I'm in a valley now what do I do just kind of give you some application with that so let's look at some basic truth about valleys if you're taking notes you need to be like nuclear writing right now come on somebody turn to your neighbor and say a short pencil come on you got to do better than that a short pencil it's better than a long memory, amen? <laughs> Take some notes. History makers are note takers. So here's the first one for you. Some basic truths about valleys. Number one, valleys are inevitable. Valleys are inevitable. Let's just be honest with each other in the house today. Those of you watching online, every single one of us right now, we're either in a valley, just coming out of a valley, or headed into a valley. Every single one of us are in that stage in our life. And Jesus was very honest about this. He was was very uh, honest with us about how life was going to be on the earth. In John chapter 16 verse 33, he says, hey, in this world, you're going to have trouble. You know, Pastor Allen's version of the Bible is in this world, you're going to have valleys. You're going to have times that you're going to walk through some storms. It's not going to all be sunshine. There's going to be clouds. There's going to be thunder. There's going to be lightning. You're going to have times like that. So you understand valleys, it's not a matter of if you're going to go through them. It's a matter of when. 
So they're inevitable. Here's the second thing. They're unpredictable. They're unpredictable. Sometimes you can look at your life and you're in a season in life and you could say, okay, I know if I make that decision right there, I know that there's a season coming up where I'm going to go through a dark time. I'm going to go through a tough situation. You can see that, but most of the time you don't plan a valley, you don't time the valley, you don't schedule the valley. I mean, wouldn't it be cool if a valley was to send you an email and say, Hey, bro, three weeks from now, me and you going to be together. Amen. That would be awesome. But I mean, if you understand, it doesn't happen that way. Have you ever noticed how quickly a good day can be a bad day? Have you ever noticed that? Like you wake up in the morning, you get out of the bed, and I know you. I know you guys, man. You're rocking Bob Marley. You've got the three little birds outside your window. Don't worry. Be happy. You're rocking that. And all of a sudden, one thing happens, and your world is in a tailspin. One phone call, one letter from the IRS. Some of you have been there. One doctor visit. One little thing could happen and your whole world just changed. And it happens in an instant. And and listen, when it happens, it's not just one thing. Have you ever noticed that? It's not like one thing happens and it's gone. It's like dominoes. Like when one thing, there's another, there's another. And and it's almost like country songs. Your cat's dead. Your dog's dead. Your tires are flat. It's like over and over and over again. And you feel like Jeremiah the prophet. Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 20, watch what he says. Disaster follows disaster. So it's like a domino effect. It's like one thing after another after another in an instant. Watch what it said. It's not a time thing. In an instant, my tents are destroyed, my shelter in a moment. All of this happened at one time. So you understand that valleys are inevitable. They are unpredictable. But here's the third thing about valleys. They're impartial. They're impartial. No one is immune to them. No one is exempt from them. And the fact of life is this. If you want the mountaintop experiences, if you want the sunshiny days, you're going to have to go through the valley in order to get to the peak, in order to get to the mountaintop. So valleys are are going to happen in your life. So here's the thing. When problems come your way, when trials and difficulties and downtimes come your way, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just simply means you're a person. When all of these things hit you at one time, it doesn't mean you're an evil human being per se. It just means you're human. That's the way it was because the Bible is clear about this. Matthew chapter 5 verse 45, it says that he sends the rain on the just and the unjust too. You understand God's ultimate goal for your life is not so much for you to be happy. God's ultimate goal for your life is not so much for you to be comfortable. God's ultimate goal for your life is to make you more like Jesus Christ. That's his ultimate goal. Now let me ask you something. Did Jesus suffer while he was on the earth? Absolutely. Was Jesus lonely at times? Absolutely. Was Jesus tempted to be discouraged? I didn't say he was discouraged, but was he tempted to be? Absolutely. Was Jesus ever misunderstood and criticized unjustly? Absolutely. So let me ask you something. What makes us think we're exempt from that? The reaction most of the time when we get in the valley is, why me? Like, why is all this happening to me when, when really what we need to be saying is, why not me? Like, God, what's going on here? You're trying to get my attention. You understand that this is earth, not heaven. 
So we're going to have to go through these down times. Valleys are inevitable. They're unpredictable. They're impartial. But how many of you guys are ready for some good news as it relates to valleys? Anybody in the house? Here's the fourth one. Valleys are temporary. Turn to somebody and say amen. Amen. Valleys are temporary. You never intended to live in a valley. David says, I walk through the valley. And I know sometimes it feels like and looks like that we're not going anywhere. We're just kind of standing still. But you need to understand there is light at the end of the tunnel. But you got to keep moving. Someone once said this. They said, my favorite quote of Jesus is, it came to pass. Because when I'm in the valley, I didn't come to stay. Jesus says it came to pass. Now, I know you scholars out there, that's not really what the scripture means. But let me give you a couple of scriptures to hold on to when you're in a valley. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6, there is wonderful joy where ahead, even though the going is rough for a while down here. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, for our present troubles are small and what? They won't last very long. They, are, they produce for us glory that, that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Listen, even if you are 100 years old and every day of your life has been trouble, that is a drop in the bucket compared to heaven. They're temporary. They're temporary. Valleys are inevitable. They're unpredictable. They're impartial. They are temporary. But here's the other thing about valleys. They are purposeful. They're purposeful. God has a reason for your valley. Now listen, this is not in your notes, so you may want to write this down. I want you to lean in. Those of you online, lean into what I'm about to say. Everything that happens in a believer's life is father-filtered. Let me say that again. Everything that happens in a believer's life is father-filtered. Everything. So God has a reason and a purpose for everything we go through in life. Now, let me be quick to say this. Sometimes we create our own valleys. Sometimes we go left when God says go right. Sometimes we come out from under the covering of the shepherd and we're left all out here on our own and we're easy prey for the enemy. So sometimes that's why. But there are times when God says, hey, I need you to walk through this with me. There's a reason for this. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Even though you are temporarily, there again, it's temporary. Even though you are temporarily harassed by all kinds of temptations, this is no accident. It happens to prove your faith. Test your faith. Prove your faith. The truth is we all love mountaintop experiences, but the, the harsh reality is things don't always go like we planned. I mean, Misty and I, we, we took the kids the other day to, uh, I think it's like Shackleford Island, whatever. We're hanging out. Kids are playing. Life is grand. It's nice. It's wonderful. And we were getting ready to leave. You know, it's getting to the end of the day. And, and all of a sudden, there's like 15, 20 people. They come. And I'm like, bro, you got a whole beach. Come on, somebody. And they get like right in your space. Has anybody ever... Woo, come on, baby. There was a whole lot of praying. I'm like speaking in time. I'm doing whatever I got to do to get them to. They wouldn't move, amen? So I'm like, it's just time to go. It's time to go. There are times where things don't go like you planned in life. 
There are times where God says, hey, I need you to walk with me through this. There's some testing that needs to happen. There's something I'm, I, I want you to get to. There's a place I need you to get to. Because have you ever noticed that in the valleys is where your character gets built? In the valleys is where your relationship gets strong? Listen, God is more interested in your holiness than he is your happiness. And there are times where God says, let me tear you through this valley just to prove you and test you a little bit to learn to lean into me. So again, valleys are inevitable. They're unpredictable. They're impartial. They're temporary. They are purposeful. So, okay, Pastor, I hear all of that. I hear all this about the valleys, but I'm in a valley, so what do I do? Let's get some application. What do I do when I'm in the valley? Let me give you three things. The first thing, number one, refuse to be discouraged. Refuse to be discouraged. David said, I will fear no evil. And, and, and again, you get the picture. You're in this valley. It's dark. It's scary. There's shadows. There's all these nooks and crannies. And our first inclination is to what? To get discouraged. And say, oh, well, woe is me. But what does David say? David says, even though I walk through the valley. You know what David's saying? One step at a time. If you want to get out of the valley that you're in, how are you going to get out? One step at a time. That's how you get out of the valley. So how you deal with the valley is your choice. Discouragement is choosing to focus on the darkness instead of the light. That's what discouragement is. And so as a result, you're looking at the steepness of the walls. You're looking at the shadows. You're looking at all of these images. You're looking at all of that instead of looking at the shepherd, which is the one who's leading you through that. So if you're going to get through the valley, you've got to get to the place where you're not looking at your problem. You're looking at God's power. You're not looking at your circumstances. You're looking to Christ. You're not looking at your situation. You're looking to the shepherd who does what? Guides, provides, corrects, and protects. Let me give you a scripture to hold on to. Colossians chapter 1 verse 11. I want you to watch all of the wheels in this scripture. God will strengthen you with his own great power so that you will not give up when trouble comes, but you will be patient. You see all of that. God's talking to you. And he says, hey, when you need strength, God's going to strengthen you. When you want to give up, God's going to be right there with you to help you to get through that. When you need patience, God's going to give you patience. Why? Because where human energy runs out, that's where God's strength begins. His strength never ends for us. So you got to get to the place where you refuse to be discouraged in the valley. Here's the second thing. Remember that God is with me. Again, David says, I walk through the valley. And he says what? Why? Because you are with me. You're with me. You not only promise God's power when you're in the valleys, but you promise God's presence when you're in the valleys. And once you commit your life to Jesus Christ and you come up under the covering of the shepherd, then you never go through the valley again alone. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2, amazing scripture here, promise for you and I. You want to hold on to this. When you go through deep waters and great trouble, what does God say? I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulties, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. So look at this. When I go through trouble, when I go through difficulty, when I go through times where it seems like I'm oppressed, when I go through times where it seems like life is consuming me, God's like, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. 
You understand? God's not on his throne just saying, hey, <laughs> hope you make it. God's not doing that. He is with us. It's amazing because when you read Psalms 23 and you read verses 1 through 3, you see kind of, kind of this thing that David is saying. He's saying, the Lord is my shepherd. And because of that, he makes, he leads, he restores, he guides me in the right paths. But as soon as the right path becomes a valley, verse 4, his whole tone changes. And now he's saying, God, you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He's not talking about God. He's talking to God. And it's in the valley that the relationship with Christ gets strengthened. It's in the valley that the ultimate God becomes the intimate God. And you talk to anyone who's been walking for God any length of time at all. And if they've been in the valley, they'll be quick to tell you that's where you got your strength from. That's where that character was built. That's where you really had to totally rely on God. And listen, there are times in my own life I look back and I'm like, Lord, I I don't wish that on anybody. I don't ever want to go through that again, but I wouldn't take anything for it. Because I experienced you in a way like never before. God proves himself faithful in the valley. The valley is where you cry out and you say, God, I can't do this anymore. And, And quite frankly... Men, if I could just be honest, we got a problem with that, right? Because we are fixers. And all the ladies in the house said, that was weak. You had your opportunity. Men are fixers. We feel like we got to fix everything. We feel like we've got to have the answer to all the problems. But if you ever get to the place in your life where you say, God, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I need you. And I need your presence. And I need... Your guidance, at that point, God steps in and he says, okay, now I can do something amazing in your life. So when you're in the valley, refuse to be discouraged. How? By focusing on God's power. Remember that God is with you. And then here's the third thing. Rely on the shepherd to do his job. Rely on the shepherd to do his job. He says, your rod and your staff. Now, A lot of times we don't have these laying around the house, so it's hard to picture what we're talking about. A rod for a shepherd was about two foot long, had a knob on the end for it, and the shepherd would use that rod to beat the predators away or to throw at a predator to keep them away from the sheep. And there's a story of a shepherd who was leading his sheep up a path, and there's other shepherds and other sheep, and they're all coming up this path. There was this large boulder in the middle of the path. So the shepherd goes over there and he pushes the boulder out of the way. When he pushed the boulder out of the way, a viper snake come out from under the boulder and was about to strike one of the sheep. And immediately the shepherd clocked him and killed the snake. And it is an amazing picture of how the shepherd was pushing the boulder with one hand and protecting the sheep with the other. And that's what God is doing in our hearts and in our lives. If you could peel back the veil, so to speak, you would see God beating the enemy of your soul off of your life. But then there's the staff. I mean, if you know what a candy cane looks like. It's got a little hook in it. That's the staff. And the staff was used to gently guide and lead the sheep. The sheep kind of, you know, come. we got a tendency of wandering off. And he would take that hook and just gently pull the sheep back into the fold. So it is an amazing picture of how God is protecting us and pulling us back into the fold at one time. 
And this is what God is doing to us and for us. And so if you're in a valley right now, I just want to tell you there's hope in Jesus Christ. David said, I walked through the valley, watch this, of the shadow of death. He didn't say the valley of death. He said the shadow of death. And this is not in your notes, so you may want to write this down. I want to give you just a couple real things real quick about a shadow. Here's because there's going to be a shadow to come over your life. And we all have a tendency to focus on the shadow. But here's three things I want to show you about a shadow. Shadows are always bigger than the reality. I mean, you would agree with that. I remember one of the first times I traveled overseas. And I was in this room by myself. I'm like, man, I don't know what's going on. There was some dim light coming through. So just, just enough light to create shadows. But you couldn't see into dark places. And so I drifted off to sleep. I wake up and I look. And in the corner of a room, there's, there's, I thought it was a ghost. It was like I saw this figure just kind of. So man, I'm like first time overseas. I'm in my bed rebuking that thing. In the name of Jesus, I was too scared to get out of bed and turn the light on. I rebuked that thing all night long. I'm praying. I'm spitting. I'm doing everything I can. Finally, I drift off to sleep. I wake up the next morning and look, and the air-conditioned vent was blowing the curtain. (laughs) Turn to your neighbor and say, that ain't right. Shadows are always bigger than the reality. The fear of the problem is always bigger than the real problem itself. Here's the second thing about shadows. Shadows can't hurt you. Shadows are only images, but no substance. They're meant to scare you, but never hurt you. Here's the third thing. There can be no shadow without light. Our tendency when we're in the valley is to focus on the shadow. It's scary. We don't know what it is. But in those moments, instead of focusing on the shadow, what you really need to do is turn around and focus on the light. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. And I know I'm dating myself. But there's an old hymn we used to sing in the church called, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Anybody remember that hymn? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. you got to focus on the shepherd. Look to Him. Psalms 34, 19. The good man does not escape all the troubles. He has has them too. So in other words, we all have valleys. We all have the, the thunderstorms. But watch what the Lord does. He helps him with each and every One of them. Regardless of where you are right now. Regardless of what valley you find yourself in. Can I just help you with something today? It will not last. It will not last. You've got to hold on to the shepherd. You've got to look to the shepherd. David walking through the valley of the shadow of death. This this real place With darkness and shadows and crevices and tombs. And he's leading the sheep 
through this moment and he directly connects it with life to where you and I are. And he says, hey, the way to get through this thing is one step at a time. Knowing that God is with you. And he's holding your hand. If you'll follow him. Stand with me all over the house. Father, thank you for moments like this again. Thank you for speaking into our hearts. Helping us to hear from you. God, we need you. God, we need you more now than ever before. Valleys are a part of our lives. But God, while we're in these valleys, help us to focus on you. Help us to not be discouraged. Help us to rely on you. Help us to look to you. Knowing that these valleys are temporary. They're not going to last long. We're coming out of these things. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And so God, we open our hearts to you today. We just ask that you would speak into our lives. Give us comfort, give us peace, give us strength in the midst of the valleys that we're in. And Lord, help us as we're on the mountaintops. Help us, Lord, to to just have a relationship as strong with you, if not stronger than the relationship we have with you when we're in the valleys. Because we need you every single day. We need you. Now look at me real quick. The reality of a congregation of any size doesn't matter if you got a thousand or if you got two hundred or if you got ten. The reality of a congregation of any size is there's people that have come in that said, Pastor, I'm angry. I'm mad. There's some things that have not gone the way I wanted it to. And I'm mad and I'm hurt and I'm angry. So there are a portion of people in here like that. There's also a reality that there's another portion that you're discouraged. And fear is overtaking your life. Maybe there's some decisions. Maybe there's something going on. Fear has overtaken your life. And this is a reality. This is where we are. This is where we live. So for those of you that come in, maybe you're angry. Maybe you're upset. Maybe there's fear. Maybe there's discouragement. Whatever the case may be. I want to let you know you're in the right place. God loves you. And He cares for you. And He wants to help you. He wants to take you by your hand. And walk you through whatever it is you're going through. And my prayer for you. Is that God would strengthen you. When you wake up tomorrow morning. And you rocking Bob Marley. And all of a sudden you get a phone call. My prayer is that God's going to be right there. Speaking into your heart. And helping you. And encouraging you. And giving you what you need to make it through today. So bow your heads with me. Father, thank you so much for the privilege of being here today. Lord, I know in a congregation of any size, there's different attitudes. There's different things. There's different people that are facing 
different situations in their lives. I know those of you that are watching online right now, you're in the same boat. You're, you're, you're facing things. You're battling things. It could be something with your children. It could be something in your marriage. It could be something in your job, your finances, whatever the case may be. Maybe you're in a place in your life and you're like, God, do I even matter anymore? And, and you're struggling with that. But I believe God is, is wanting to speak into your heart today and let you know that He loves you. He cares for you and he is not done with you there's greatness locked up inside of you there's there's potential locked up inside of you and as long as there's breath in you God is not done with you there's still an assignment attached to your life there's still blessing attached to your life there's still wisdom that you have to impart to the next generation God is not done with you And for those of you that are on the verge of wanting to give up and wanting to throw in the towel, may I just remind you of the picture of the shepherd with a staff in one hand and a rod in the other as he beats the predators away, as he beats the enemy of your soul away. And at the same time, he's pulling you back into the fold to let you know how much he loves and cares for you. You're not out there by yourself. God loves you and he cares for you. So with heads bowed all over this place, let me ask a question. How many of you right now would say, Pastor, man, I'm going through the gambit right now. I just feel like the valley has hit me and I need you to pray for me. Could you slip a hand up? Seize the hand. 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 I need prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, your people right now are in some valleys. And they need you, Father. And Father, my prayer is that when they wake up tomorrow morning, they would experience your presence like never before. My prayer is that when they go to bed tonight, there would be a peace that flows over them like a river. A peace and a comfort and a joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. Lord, be with them and strengthen them and encourage them and let them know, God, that you're not finished. In Jesus' name. Come on, church. Give God a big hand clap of praise all over the house today.